Hi guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm here today with Fiona Kochan, the founder of a TikTok viral brand, Youthphoria. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you've seen this brand on TikTok before, but Youthphoria started out of boredom at the very beginning of the pandemic. And guys, it's makeup that you can sleep in. It's amazing. They produce makeup that is both good for your skin and good for your planet because it's produced without fossil fuels. She's been featured in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, W. WD and Birdie and so many others. A big thank you to Fiona for coming on. All her links will be in the description and I hope you guys enjoy. Fiona, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you say hi? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Same here. Um, why don't, before we start, I know I touched a little bit on what and how uh, Euphoria came about, but why don't you give us a little bit more of a rundown of how it came out and what the mission is and fossil fuels and, or sorry, producing without fossil fuels and all that jazz. Yeah. So I literally started this like first week of the pandemic at the time I was living in Asia and, you know, it was like, I think the first week where I couldn't go out and see people and I couldn't put my and I couldn't put my makeup on that I realized that makeup is really about going out and seeing people. Like that's the connection I really made with makeup. Every time I'm putting my makeup on, it's because I'm going out to see my family, see my friends and I know I'm going to have a good time. And I am someone who if I'm out with my friends, I'm going to go home and sleep in my makeup. Even last night I was just, you know, having dinner with my parents and that was enough for me to come home and, and sleep in my makeup. Um, so I really wanted makeup that you can sleep in. When I was younger, I remember every time I would fall asleep in my makeup, something would happen to my skin the next morning. Either my skin would be really dry, it would be irritated, I would get breakouts. I have experienced times where I've had these full-blown allergic reactions and have gone to the hospital. And so I just really wanted makeup that I could see as an extension of my skincare. Like I did not understand like why makeup just has to be bad for your skin. Why do we accept that? If we can't sleep in it at night, why can we wear it like for 16 hours in the day? And so then true. I kept wondering, like, am I just wasting all my time and energy with my skincare routine right. just because of the next step, which is my makeup routine? Right. That's a, that's, yeah, it's very innovative what you've done because it's definitely not been done before. And I think that without, it kind of puzzles me how we've gone so long without asking that question. Like if we can wear it for 16 hours, why can't we wear it to sleep? That should be, that should, it should, it should coincide. We sleep sometimes for less than that, or we do sleep for less than that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it always blew my mind. And I, I do remember like when I started wearing makeup, like I would have so many skin problems and I just thought it was like my, my, you know, my own skin. Um, I'm sure now it's, you know, probably a cause of the makeup, but I really just was like, why, why doesn't this exist? And, you know, as, as a consumer, I really wanted products where if I put it on my face, it it should help my skin, you know? Um, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. So tell us about the beginnings of the business. I ask, I ask kind of everybody this because I like to know when, how it all started and what those first steps were. Obviously in this day and age, everything is at our fingertips and we can Google and we can research. And that has a lot to do with, I think, obviously the success of a lot of businesses. So what was the role in researching in your business and how did you go about that? Because I don't think it's easy. 
I will say that when I started, I believed that it wouldn't be that hard. I think you always need some belief that you can do it. Um, But, you know, it was definitely like a process, a lot, a lot of Google. Um, At the time, you know, the pandemic had just started to hit. So we were really relying on Googling, asking around um, and just honestly, like WhatsApping and WeChatting all of our manufacturers. Um, We had like, you know, kind of these crazy ideas, even like our packaging, like I just drew it on a piece of paper and I like Mm -hmm. measured it. I didn't have like an actual ruler. I had like a ruler that came from one of these um, Christmas like poppers. Like it's like a kid ruler. It's like, it's like three inches tall. And and I was just trying to measure like how many millimeters would this look like? Um, And it was so not technical (laughs) when we're even just coming up with our shapes and our colors. Um, And then on the formula side, which I'm a lot more passionate about, um, you know, we, we actually developed a set of formulas and I became very, very passionate about making sure the textures were really nice. I think what I realized was um, when you go shopping for makeup, when you go very, very luxury, like I'm talking about like $300 products, which is so inaccessible, the textures are actually different. And I was like, man, I wish I like discovered this. Like I I didn't even touch these textures when I was a teenager. Um, Like I didn't, I didn't know this world existed. And I was like, what if we, you know, brought this down to something a little bit more accessible? So that was something I was really into, but, you know, kind of halfway through, I was watching all these lectures on YouTube about um, green chemistry um, and green chemistry. Basically, it's a completely different way of looking at chemistry, which um, is really rooted in pollution prevention. Mm. Prior to euphoria, I would travel to some of the most polluted cities in the world and um, would sleep in N95. So it was something that was always I was always really passionate about. Um, and even when I was building Euphoria in Asia, like I was losing my hair because of the pollution. So I was always like really just passionate about it. Um, and it made me realize, oh, no one's actually doing this where people are making makeup or skincare without fossil fuel. So really kind of just asked around if anyone could do it. Everyone said, I don't I have no idea what you're talking about, um, but really found a great partner in um, our formulators that were like, we don't know, but we'll figure it out. And, um, you know, when we came out with our, final formulas for our first line I was like this is made without fossil fuels I remember being very fearful thinking like can this really be done and when it came out and I was like oh this can be done this is cool that's amazing it's that's that's really cool just to think about what is not being emitted into the air. Like, as I just think about, oh, a production, you know, a production facility, I think about all these fumes coming out of these big towers. But, you know, for something like Euphoria, when I'm putting on the blush, I'll be like, wow, this is actually good for the planet, you know, for the planet and for us. (laughs) Yeah, and my perspective is like, if it's not good for the planet when you like wash it down the drain, because like makeup, it's, it is really something you just put on your face, you wash it down in the drain after a couple hours. Right. Like, how can that be good for your skin? Like, that's like, that's, that's in the back of my mind. I'm always like, is this good for my skin? Like, yeah. you know, and I think about how, how uh, ingredients are made. Yeah, totally. I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about researching. And I think, I think that's, that's obviously how businesses start knowledge and researching. So how were you able to filter your, whether it was your Googling or your researching or how you asked your questions or who you asked even to get the responses and to get what you needed? I think, you know, I, I mean, I would, ask everyone that I, I mean, I, I didn't really know anyone in the space, but for the two people I did know, I asked them like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I just would always ask and I, I found great people who would just 
give me their time. And even like when you really ask the right questions of everything you don't know and just be very honest, like I don't really know what these words mean or these acronyms. Um, I, I don't I don't do manufacturing. I don't I really don't know what these things mean. People like when they give you the 101 and they just spend an hour with you, you can absorb a lot. Right. And I think a lot of it is like your gut, like when you feel like okay, this, this makes sense. I can, I can filter out that information and you know, that it's going to make sense for you. I think that's always key. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do things the way that other companies do just because I like to do things that work for me. And I think it's really important when you're embarking on a new journey to just find a system that works for you. So what's the system that works for you? Um, I ask a lot of questions. So I always have to find people to work with that are very responsive and okay with me asking a million questions. Um, that's amazing. And I think that's really important too. Like nobody asks, everyone I think resorts to Google, but there's a book it's who not, or what was it? Who not where I think. So I think the whole premise of the book is who do you ask your questions to? Yeah. 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 Where, yeah. Or what you, where, where do you go? Yeah. Where do you go to find them? Not where are you looking necessarily? Yeah, exactly. I think, and it's also like, it's really cool because you can like, you don't have to listen to everyone's advice, but it, it's yeah. just great for information gathering. Right. So when, since we're talking about it, what has that, what was that like for you networking and building those relationships? And how were you able to go about that, especially in the middle of a pandemic? I think it was just a lot of emailing, DMing, WhatsApping. Yeah. Um, I mean, that comes really naturally. I will say that Euphoria is built on a lot of cold emails, a lot of cold DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I send out so many, I don't, I can't even keep track um, <laughs> because like, you know, like you don't know who's going to respond to you. You don't know yeah. who you're going to gel with and yeah. just try to gather information. So um, yeah, I don't, I just asked around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so who were the first people that you ended up DMing and talking to for Euphoria? Oh, I think we like Googled like manufacturers. Um, I had some friends that kind of did some manufacturing. So I just asked them like, how does, how do these things work? And I actually relied um, a lot on the manufacturers because I'll ask them a ton of things about the other, the other side of the process. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. Um, and now, I don't know, I feel like I, I do rely on our manufacturers a lot when I have questions and I just don't understand. Yeah. That's great that you also have the people who are receptive enough to respond to your questions, like you were saying. Um, when, when building it and once your products actually got out there, I think the first time I saw you was on TikTok with your videos. And I know that social content has become such a huge part of so many different brands now. So take us through, I know there's obviously no set strategy and clear cut method and, you know, cookie cutter, you know, process, but if you had to kind of describe your strategy and your content strategy and whatever, in a little, a couple sentences or whatever, how would you describe it? I think at least for TikTok, it is very, it's not structured, it's not planned. Uh, The way that I like to approach it is, you know, I found a content style that I could produce day in and day out without a lot of time. You know, I I think it's really important to find a style that just works for you. There's a ton of different TikTok styles that I look at it and I'm like, I don't even know how they edit these videos. Like it looks so complicated. I know. Every time I try to do something that's not native to like how I am and, and, you know, me as a content creator, it just never works and it takes a ton of time. So I always say just, you know, just be yourself. I, I, I know that sounds really, really cheesy, but it's so important for, um, you know, being authentic and also like just being able to do it day in and day out. Like 
for me at this point, TikTok is something that's like a huge creative outlet. There is yeah. no plan at all. Um, a lot of like, sometimes I'll just browse TikToks. I see sounds. I'm like, oh, it's a mean girl sound. I love it. That's so funny. And I, I don't even know how it's related to euphoria. And, you know, I'll just say the sound. And some days I'm like, I don't know, I'm on a roll and I'm like, here's here's five memes we can do. And it's just like, it's okay. really, really fun. There's no, there's yeah. no purpose in it other than like, I find it to be a creative outlet. It's really fun. And I really love sharing um, the process of, you know, starting company and also like yes. how to how to you know buy makeup for your skin or like how to apply makeup if you have skin conditions um just things that I find kind of interesting that no one else is really talking about yeah definitely and you had mentioned something I think what you touched on was really important is that TikTok and social content and social media has become a form of creative expression a form of a creative outlet and I think you know people it's even I scroll sometimes I'm like how do people all have like all these ideas of, you know, how to use certain sounds, how to twist everything, not necessarily twist, but frame it in a way where it works with these trending sounds to ensure engagement. And to me, that's always like the hard part is making your, what your message is and what you want to get out there with the matching sound or part of the matching sound, use it with that sound. So what, how do you kind of prevent the creative blocks or how do you make sure that your creativity keeps flowing in that sense? I think I've just like recognized that I'm not creative every single day. Um, that's really important. I have definitely funk days. It happens at least, you know, once or twice a week. And I kind of just know that like, you know, on a week to week basis, we'll probably have like three really, really good days where I can just be super creative. That's like when I'm making a lot of um, product decisions, marketing decisions, um, or when I make a lot of TikToks. And then there's some days where I'm like, you know what, I'm really not feeling it. Like, let's do other other types of work. And I really schedule my time um, around that. But I will say that like with every trending sound, it doesn't always work for Euphoria. Like it just, and I, you know, my approach to TikTok and TikTok content is not everything needs to perform. I don't give myself that pressure. It's yeah. just the act of creating content that I find really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and I always want to make sure that that's really fun for me. And I mean, I save a ton of sounds and I'm like, I can't find, like, I wish I had a personal account so I can just make a TikTok, but yeah. I, can't find, I can't find the uh, uh, the connection to Euphoria. Um, do you ever have to rejuvenate creatively or how if you have to rejuvenate? Are there any things that you can do that will ensure that creativity flow? I think I give myself a lot of grace when I'm not like, when I'm just not in that creative flow mm -hmm. so that I just know I'm not creating like new things or big decisions when yeah. I'm not feeling it. And mm -hmm. if I know that I'm in a creative mindset, I will pretty much stop everything and try to get all the ideas out. Um, I will say that like, you know, it's, it's, it's not normal to be at 100% creativity yeah. at every hour. I yeah. just don't expect it. Um, yeah, but, you know, I really love, like, watching a lot of, uh, you know, different things, trying to get inspired by different things. Like, I love going on TikTok. I find it just really fun. Um, but every time I travel, I always get, like, I don't know, more – I always get inspired. So, yeah. I, you know, it was, it was hard the last few years. But, um, you know, I was recently in Asia and – being yeah. able to be out there like I was like okay I have all these new ideas of like what I want to do in, in a couple of years and um you know a lot of a lot of what I do is just trying to make sure that um th when when I am creative like and I think like, that's like a one-year plan that I'm just executing against that 
That's awesome. And yeah, I want to touch on two things that you had talked mentioned, which was your planning and having grace with yourself, because I think also, especially as a founder, that can be really difficult because it's, you know, you're always expected to perform. Maybe it's not even for other people, but for yourself. Um, so how, how have you been able to cope with the battles? I think they're more maybe, maybe internal than they are external of being a founder and managing that because it's hard. It is definitely hard. I wish someone told me that being a founder and that journey, the entrepreneurial journey is a very big mental health journey. That's the biggest thing I learned about myself. And, and I, you know, while I, you know, I thought I was just gonna make really cool products and like, be really, <laughs> you know, be really like fun and things, but, um, yeah. you know, just making sure that your mental health is, is strong. That's been really important. It's one of my biggest time investment areas, I will say. Um, and I think I learned hundred percent to give myself a lot of grace and self-compassion. A lot of things that I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm learning, learning how to do it for the first time. And just like, you know, like, like a kid learning how to ride a bike, you don't expect them to, you know, be, yeah, I can't ride a bike, but you don't expect it to be really good the first time. So every time I learn something, I give myself a lot of grace and self-compassion. Um, you know, and it's really important for me to develop like a culture where no one has the fear of failure. So, you know, I really like, um, making sure that we can be creative and, and, you know, have, have that. I mean, I always like to say like, I made a green blush go viral, like kind of anything goes like within reason, but, um, you know, being, being creative and making sure that like, the, the crazy ideas are give are given its time and opportunity are, is really important to me. Definitely. And I think that's also really important is that fear of failure. That's also what holds a lot of people back, but it also kind of, yeah, I think that's the main thing, honestly, it just holds a lot of people back in a lot of different senses. And it can also be like this internal battle with yourself and your brain. It's like, well, I want to do this, but I, I can't because I don't want to not do it, but then I should do it because I need to take the, like, you know, there, there's like that back and forth that, that devil in your head is that like, you know, back and forth. Yeah. That you're battling with. Yeah. There's also like a fear of success. That's something that I also kind of learned recently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like two sides of the same coin. Um, but you know, I kind of work through it. I try to like be very cognizant of mm -hmm. how I'm doing and figuring out like, why do I have these patterns? If I do, how can I release them? And, yeah. you know, I think ultimately what I learned about myself is the more that I just accept who I am and what I want to do, like the, the easier things are. Yeah. So I'm curious as to, cause I don't know much about the fear of success. What can that, how can that show up and what can that be like? Yeah, it can also, it can be like um, procrastination or mm -hmm. um, lack of focus is kind of like the big one where it's like, let's say like you have a million things that you can can do and you're not like really setting boundaries and saying no, like, and, and you're not really focusing on what I need to do now to get to where I want to go. That's, that's kind of how I feel like it shows up a lot or, um, wow. I don't, I don't know, but do you, you know how like people sometimes they'll say like, I went to a small school in Harvard. Like they don't want to admit that they went to, or I went to a small school in Boston. They don't want to admit that they went to Harvard. Like that type of thing. That could be a little yeah. bit of a, a fear of success. It, it manifests in, in different ways. That's interesting. And it's, that really resonates with me when you said doing a thousand different things and not putting your focus on one thing, because I think, I mean, personally, I feel like I'm constantly doing so many different things and nothing can be done properly but then at the same time I'll feel bad about not doing that many things so it's like this double-edged sword what 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 at the end of the day am I supposed to do then yeah I mean I feel like you don't have to do everything you just yeah. have to do the key things that um you know you really enjoy doing and yeah make a difference 
definitely. And I guess that's, that's the fear of success, right? Um, so tell us about your beginning business plan. Cause I know that was a huge thing for you and I know how much I've realized more and more now how important planning is for something to be successful. So what was that like? And take us through how you also made that to ensure your success. Oh, I didn't actually didn't have a plan when I launched. I think for the first year, I didn't have a plan. I have a plan now. Um, but I, I mean, we, we made a plan and nothing goes according to plan. And yeah. so then I was like, is this, is planning just like a waste of time? Now it's really, really important for me. But like, you know, I launched the business, had no plan. And I was like, wow, I kind of regret this, like not having a plan. <laughs> and you kind of quickly, quickly adjust to like, okay, um, let's figure things out. But even like in the first year, like we didn't have like a lot of processes or tracking or like, like we really just didn't know what we were doing. And yeah. I think after, you know, several times where you're just like, this is very chaotic or this feels like yeah. it could be done a little bit better, you start building these systems. Um, but, you know, I think it's really important to like not over-engineer everything. That was one of the things I kind of regret was there were some things I just over-engineered and I had to rip everything apart and redo it What once like the business wow. was live, the data came in. So my approach now is like if I'm ever starting something new or approaching something, I'll, I will build things a little bit at a time until I figure out exactly what, what I need to build or how the system needs to look. That's amazing. How do you go about building your plans now? Oh, the plans are changing every single day. Um, I think like, because we launched and started the business during the pandemic, I'm always just planning like worst case scenario for like everything wow. and like what, what that might look like. Um, I think it's just the nature of being in a pandemic, yeah. but you know, you also want to make sure that like you're planning in case like opportunities come. Yeah. So what I'm curious, planning for the worst case scenario, I think that can be also very helpful. So what has that yielded? Yeah, I think in the beginning, I didn't know that like a lot of things can go wrong. Now I just expect nothing to go right. And like, in case something oh. goes wrong, I mean, it, it's it's very true for like all supply chain right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, just making sure that like you have plans in case there are delays or like any, like literally anything can happen. Um, making yeah. sure that, you know, the business can kind of weather a shock to the system. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So in terms of your packaging and your branding and your marketing strategy too, how were you able to build that? Because it's been so unbelievably successful in such a short amount of time too. I think for me, like when I started Euphoria, I really like just wanted these products and I was like, why does this not exist? And I was like, mm -hmm. in an ideal scenario, like what does that brand look like? What do the products look like? What do the colors look like? I remember looking at my bathroom counter and I was like, why is all my makeup black and white? Like it doesn't, it's not how I feel. It's not how I dress. I wanted something where it really felt like it resonated with my personality or like okay. just, just this idea of fun. Um, I thought like makeup for the longest time was always about like covering up the blemishes that I got from my makeup. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it was always something so stressful or if I yeah. like had fun in makeup, I slept in it. I always felt guilty. So I wanted, um, something where like, it was just really fun. You you didn't have to worry about like, if it was going to ruin your skin, you can just know that it was making your skin really, really nice. Um, in terms of marketing strategy, you know, like we, we kind of change, change it up every so often if we have to, but ultimately it's about like, just, you know, being very transparent with like how we think about developing our products, um, how it can benefit the skin and also like how, how are the different ways you can use it? Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I'm curious if you had to go back and talk to your pre 
pre-founder, pre-founder <laughs> self, <laughs> before you had all the wisdom that you do now, what is something that you tell her? I would tell her that, um, you know, this sounds really corny, but like, just really believe in yourself. You have great ideas. You have unique experiences and a unique viewpoint and no one can take that away from you. Um, your path will not be like anyone else's. You don't have to try to fit in so much. Like it's, it's, it's always been your strength to, to really be yourself and be unique in that way. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's also just very important for everybody to hear too, because I think when that chatter begins with like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you kind of instinctively and naturally want to do the same thing, but it's, and it's really hard to just be like, no, this is my path. Exactly. I think it's really important. And it's like, you know, ever, ever since I kind of figured that out for myself, like, you know, I, I feel like I create these products that are amazing or I get to, I don't know, I guess I just get to do things that I really enjoy versus like when I was younger, I was like, oh, I should study this. I should do that. And, I'm, and I was like, you know, I really just don't really enjoy any of this. Yeah. And I think also sometimes just like doing the things that make your heart happy and make you happy are just so undervalued. Like people don't, people don't value it enough. You know, it's all those shoulds. I should do this. I should mm-hmm. do that. I should do this. But what about like, what's going to make you happy? And like, what do you want to do? Yeah, like my, my mom always tells me like, do what your soul wants to do. And so that's such, such a good piece of advice. That's, that's amazing. And that's a good piece of advice that hustle culture does not tell you. hundred <laughs> percent. I do not like hustle culture. Yeah. Yeah. Has that impacted you? And if how, if so? Yeah. I mean, it was really popular, like the hustle girl boss mentality that was so popular when I graduated. And also when I graduated, like even brands, it was always like the way that I like to describe it is like I was 22 and all these like the hustle culture and the hustle mentality was like, you're 22, but like you should really want to be like 27. Whereas like now I'm like, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm like, want to just do something that like appeases my inner 12 year old and like, you know, just things that I really enjoy. Like yeah. this is what I actually enjoy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very different. Like we used to go in the office, we used to work a lot. Um, and now it's like, I don't know, it's, it's the, the, the work like kind of ebbs and flows. It's very different. It's a lot more creative. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. That's great. And I think that's also, yeah, that creativity it's so important. I think for everybody too, like that, that, that inner child and what that Mm -hmm. creative thing that your inner child would have done is what will really bring out that happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really big on that. Yeah. What now, I mean, we talked about pre-founder, but if you could go back and tell your 16 year old self something, what would you tell her? You know, I had the craziest realization the other day. I was like, I think I'm living the life that my inner, like my 16 year old self, like oh. really wanted. Um, you know, this was like pre-college before you're like kind of oh, told yeah. to do like certain career paths and stuff. And I was like, this kind of freaks me out. That's crazy. <laughs> actually freaks me out. Um, I had this realization like a week ago. So yeah, I think oh. for my inner 16 year old, I think I would tell her like, you actually do what you want to do. Like, and that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you think this is just, this is something I, I was thinking about the other day. Do all roads lead to Rome? I, I don't know. I think, you know, I think if you really listen to your heart and your intuition and your gut, mm-hmm. you will do exactly what you're like meant to do. 
I think yeah. there's a lot of times, especially in, earlier in my career and earlier in my life where I just didn't really listen to what I actually wanted to do. I listened to what everyone else told me I should do. <laughs> and that did not lead to Rome. It just led me to like not really enjoying what I was doing. Right, right. But then eventually you got your way back and now you are at Rome, right? Or in exactly. Rome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about your career? Um, I think I learned a lot from like all these different experiences prior to, you know, starting a makeup brand, I was working in tech. And I will say that like that really, you know, I learned a lot from that. Like it taught me that, you know, you can really kind of change the the status quo really quickly. Yes. And that encouraged me to not use fossil fuels. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of gave me some confidence that, you know, things could be done. Um, but I don't know. I, I sometimes like things like seemingly they all kind of make sense and sometimes yeah, it, do- yeah. it doesn't, but you know, I, I kind of just roll with it. You can kind of connect the dots more. So going back than you can looking forward. Exactly. Makes sense, which makes sense. How do you think your job in tech helped you when starting your company and building it? It made me realize that, um, if you're doing that, if you're doing something that no one has ever done before, your experience doesn't matter. And that was really important to me. You don't need imposter. You don't need to have imposter syndrome when you're really trying to invent something, because like you know, it, it just doesn't matter. And that yeah, gave me no, so yeah. much confidence to like basically try to create like first of its kind products. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, what's the best piece of advice and the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Worst piece of advice would be any shoulds. You should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) You know, it just doesn't just listen to your gut or listen to, you know, create your own path. Um, I think the best piece of advice would probably be like just really honing in on yourself and what you, your gut intuition is and like really knowing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously it's great to listen to experts, but you know, you can just take their advice and see if you want to follow it. You probably won't follow it to a T, but really trusting yourself is so key. So important. How, I know we had touched on this a little bit, but are there any spiritual practices that you have that help you keep center? I do something called EFT tapping. And basically you tap on acupressure points while you say a script. I love it. I swear by it. Um, I do it pretty much every single morning. Like my version of mental, men, like mental health walk is like I'm yes. on a treadmill and I'm doing EFT tapping. Um, it really, really helps me. So what, take us through, I mean, first, if you don't know who Haley Hoffman Smith is, I think you will love her content. She's amazing. She talks a lot about, she preaches EFT tapping. So I think you'll I really- swear by it. Yeah. Yes. So tell us about it. Like what is EFT tapping? How do you do it? What can it look like? I know it's like an easy DIY thing that you can do at home. So if somebody wants to try it at home, how can they do it? And what can it do for you? Yeah. So like, it's basically around this idea that like any trauma or like, um, you know, stuck pattern is like basically like a a memory that's not properly stored. And so you basically tap on these like six to nine acupressure points while you're saying a script, you're acknowledging any emotion that you're feeling, you're giving yourself a lot of self-love and acceptance, and you're kind of working through these kind of like stuck memories. I find it to be very, very helpful in terms of like, you know, just stopping any patterns um, that, that might get in my way. But it also like, if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed, it really allows you to center in, acknowledge that stress in your body because the mind and body are really connected and it allows you to let it go. And it helps me so much. Like I tried meditation that didn't really help me as much as EFT tapping. Okay. So I think that's what I'm going to do now because meditation, it's really hard. It's, it's such, it's so hard. And it, it's like, 
folk that focus is like it oh my gosh I can't even it's it's amazing it's incredible for the people who can do it but for the people who can't maybe this is a great alternative yeah I, I, I swear by it what are what are some of the ways that you can say the statements not maybe I because I've heard different things like you just kind of say affirmations but you're telling me that you have to acknowledge through the circumstance that you're in so how do you how do you kind of do it Yeah. So if you're feeling stressed, you would say, even though I feel stressed and I feel it, it looks like a black ball. It's at, you know, it's in my stomach. Like you really want to give a characteristic to the emotion and where you feel in your body. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a level 10. I deeply and completely accept myself, even though I feel this stress and, you know, you kind of go through these scripts and, you know, you um, can also think of like the first time this 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 reminds me of like the first time this xyz happened how did i feel um really acknowledging these emotions and just allowing yourself to let it go and then you you know you're also checking like does this is it does this still feel like this in my body is it moving has it been gone right wow that's amazing okay you're like the first person that i said this to that like actually knew what eft is really I think so. Yeah. I think, I think it's not super common. It's not, it's not, but I think it should be. Honestly, I haven't given it enough thought and I haven't given it enough time either. Cause I also just don't know how to properly do it, but I'm going to try it. I'm definitely, I'll show, I'll, show, I'll show you off of this. Um, I'll show you. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. So are, is there anything else that you do besides that, that has helped you with mental health? I think EFT would have, I think that had the biggest impact on me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, th- I feel like I've tried all these different things. Um, you know, that just works for me. I'm sure, you know, different people, they, they have their different practices. But what I really like about it is you can do something called the personal peace procedure, which like you just go through a memory like one one a day, like maybe like 20 minutes a day. Um, and I feel like I'm like a different person <laughs> just doing That's, this. That is so cool. I need to I need to give it enough time and enough thought because I haven't. <laughs> Well, Fiona, thank you so much. Why don't you give us, uh, why don't you shout out anything and everything that you want to shout out? The mic is completely yours. So take it away. Yeah. So definitely check us out. Our website is euthphoria.co. Um, we are very active on TikTok. Our yes. TikTok handle is at euthphoria. And on Instagram, we are at get euthphoria. You can find us at Credo, 13 Loon, Revolve, Beauty Bay, and on our website and on Amazon. Yay. Also, I have one more question for you. Work-life balance. I know it's this amazing thing that we all try and have, but how have you been able to create, maintain, cultivate a work-life balance? I will not like lie, but I I do work a lot right now, but I don't feel stressed and I don't feel tired. I think that my work just really energizes me. I remember when I was younger, I was always like, oh, if I start a business, like, does that mean I don't spend time with my family? Like what, what is, what are the trade-offs? Um, what I've realized is I get to spend a ton of time with my family, even though like I'm, you know, a lot of times I'm still like working and looking at things, but I get to like be with my family, which I really enjoy. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I I definitely do work a lot, but it doesn't feel like work. And I'm a lot of the times while I'm working, I'm actually with my family. So it kind of works out in that way. I feel like for me, I don't know. I just really, I'm just really passionate about like what I'm trying to build and the products that I'm trying to build that it kind of like just eats into my time. I remember when I was working on things I didn't enjoy, I would be looking up the same stuff, which is skin ingredients, memes, like, I don't know. It's like, it's like everything I get, I enjoy. That's like a hobby. It's kind of work anyways. I think that is the ultimate goal for everybody. It's like make work 
everything that Fun. you love. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's kind of insane. Even like my group text with um, Euphoria, it's like it's just memes or like makeup looks. It's like stuff I would be doing anyways. So cool. That is definitely, I mean, personally, that is the ultimate goal for me. It's like if all else fails, I just want to enjoy what I do. I just don't want to be stressed and worried all the time. And it's like, I just want to enjoy it. I think that's like exactly. the ultimate goal. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right, Fiona. Thank you again so much for coming. If you want to shout it out one more time, you can go for it. Get one last. Yeah. Um, check us out at our website, euphoria.co. Our Instagram is at getyouthphoria. All of our fun TikTok memes are on our TikTok at euthphoria. And then we're available at Credo, Revolve, Amazon, Beauty Bay, and on our website and 13 Loon. Yes. And all the links will be in the description. So everyone can just click on over there to find everything thank you so much thank you so much fiona i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as i did fiona again thank you so much for coming and i'm sorry if you guys are hearing jingling in the back those are my bracelets because yes i move my hands as i talk to the mic it's like i'm talking to you in real life but i'm not anyway thank you again so much fiona for coming all her links are in the description Um, And don't forget to come back next week because next week's episode is a banger. You don't want to miss it. I've been trying to hype it up. Um, So, yeah. I hope you enjoy. Bye.